Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's episode, I speak with photographer Cheyenne Escarnia. Cheyenne is a photographer based in Los Angeles, California. He has worked with clients such as Nike, Vanity Fair, ESPN the Magazine, and Wired, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Cheyenne about him growing up in Texas, how he got into photography, as well as some of his recent work for the Wall Street Journal, where he photographed David Crosby. Uh, it's a really interesting interview. I kind of talked to him about his workflow, how he kind of talks, deals with subjects, and everything within the business. Uh, just a really talented photographer. Um, I think you guys will enjoy this one. Uh, Cheyenne's just really open and honest, talking about his approach to photography and much, much more. Um, so thanks so much for listening, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much. All right, well, uh, Cheyenne Escarnia, uh, how you doing today, man? I was excited to talk to you. Um, how's it going? Doing quite well, man. Uh, just uh, kind of starting the day. Um, I'm excited to speak with you as well. I've been listening to your podcast for a minute and truly love them. They're gems for the photographic world. Yeah, thanks, man. It's been exciting, like, just kind of discovering all these different photographers. Um, but it sounds like you've been setting this up. You've been pretty busy. I think you were just down in Texas photographing down on the border. Um, what was that all about? Um, so, uh, yeah, we were photographing for families belong together. Um, and then you've been saying what's happening uh, with migrants and how our government's been treating them. And I won't really shy away from politics yep um but uh yeah we were down there kind of documenting what was happening obviously we weren't allowed into any of the detention facilities but we were speaking with a lawyer who works pro bono uh, with some of the migrants that are trying to seek asylum and then we were speaking with some of the migrants that were coming in um we spent fourth of july down there uh cory booker joined us for one day. He flew in and came into El Paso and then walked with us over um, just listening to their stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, documenting that is not my, it's not my usual kind of work. I do mainly editorial portraiture. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something that, you know, that I think is important to do and something that I want to do more of, that kind of reportage work, um, but not necessarily without... I need to let my viewpoint known through yeah. my work. You know what I mean? I don't want it to just be um, subjective. Yeah. So that or was rather. So was that? It was basically with like a nonprofit organization. I think it's called um, uh, Keeping Families Together. You said so. Is that kind of like it's like an uh, organization? Yeah, it's called Families Belong Together. Families Belong Together. How but uh, how, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, like how did you become involved with that? So, um, Paula Mendoza, who's one of the founding members of the Women's March, um, brought me on after I'd worked with her cousin, Becky Morrison. Um, we just did a project called, uh, I'm an immigrant with, uh, French Montana. Okay. Um, so we're going to be releasing that pretty soon, but, uh, you know, we, we did that shoot and it was just him, uh, bringing more attention to the cause and then when I was speaking with Becky, she told me about this assignment and how she'd like to bring me on, but doesn't know how much of a budget there is. Yeah. And I said, I don't, you know, I don't care about the budget. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. No, it's pretty amazing, like, being able to, like, kind of use your photography as, like, uh, kind of like a positive thing. Um, like, had, had you worked on kind of, like, social, like, projects like this before? Or is it kind of something, a, a new thing you're kind of stepping into? I've done this uh, another time before because, you know, the thing is, it's like I'm not loaded. It's not like I can throw money at organizations and donate that way. But what I can do is donate my time um, and my work. Um, The other project that I had done before that is kind of, you know, along this vein of reportage work Mm. um, is tentatively called Rescue, but it was um, covering inmates at California city correctional facility that, um, live with dogs that are brought in through a rescue. And they're, um, they basically train the dogs and they live with them for about, I think 12 to 14 weeks. 
and then those dogs graduate and are we try to find them homes. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that was the last thing that I'd done that was in this vein. Yeah. Yeah, that, those those photos, anybody listening, go check out uh, Cheyenne's website, he, the Rescued series. It's pretty amazing. Like, uh, like how were you this kind of there for a day? Like, you're in the prison facility. You're photographing these guys with their dogs. Um, what was that kind of experience like, I guess? So that actually came up because I do uh, a lot of animal portraiture, mm-hmm. which is a passion of mine. Um, and somebody, Samantha Johnson, uh, reached out to me, and she comes from Cesar Milan's camp. She wanted portraits of her dogs, and we negotiated a trade. And I said, "Look, I'll I'll, I'll do that if you wouldn't mind training my dog, who unfortunately passed." But um, uh, so she came in and she told me about this prison project that she's a part of. She's one of the trainers that. Um, teaches the inmates how to basically raise and uh, train these dogs. Um, and when she told me about that story, I was like, look, I need, I need a personal project right now. Like, I, it's great that I'm doing editorial work and it's coming in, but I need something that's going to really uh, feel fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And prison reform is something that I'm passionate about. And obviously dogs, like my life is, I think 80% dogs now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, man, the the marriage of those two was wonderful. But we we would go out there um, every Tuesday, and I think I did it, did several weeks of that. I can't tell you exactly how many, but it's about two hours north of where I live. I live in L.A. in Koreatown, but we would go to California City Correctional Facility, and they just did a, you know, security check, criminal background, um, and just got a list of all my equipment. So I would just go in there myself with the trainers, spend a few hours with them Tuesday mornings, and then drive back. Yeah. Oh. It's pretty, uh, pretty remarkable seeing that mutual rehabilitation, you know? Yeah. Uh, two, you know, d- different species <laughs> getting a new chance. Yeah. Were, were the guys pretty receptive to being photographed or what was kind of your approach kind of walking into a prison? Like, is, is that something you had photographed in that kind of environment before or was this kind of the overall experience kind of working with these guys on this project, I guess? Um, you know, honestly, I think one of my biggest strengths is I'm a, I'm a people person. I'm very social. Yep. I think uh, I'm I'm better with that than um, you know I just love interacting with human beings regardless of where they come from. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of working in portraiture. But uh, going in there and interacting with these gentlemen, um, you just have to you kind of go at their pace. It's just like a portrait assignment. It's just like when you shoot with people, you go out there and you. Uh, you're encountering somebody that you've never met before. You don't know what their background really is. Um, but you, you don't meet them with resistance. You don't push too hard. You're basically, you're just pressing right up against that, um, and moving with them. Mm. So if I notice that some, and that's how you get people that are, some of those, uh, gentlemen were very, uh, reserved at first, and I realized, okay, well, I need to kind of work my way into this. Others were very open and were coming up to me, tapping me, asking me if I could take photos of them with certain dogs. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it, man, it's a, uh, it's an emotional experience. You go in there, and it's um, after about a, after the first week, it was like guys are giving hugs. Hey, good to see you, man. Thanks for coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty beautiful. No, it's pretty amazing because that's something I'm always just kind of curious about, like how photographers approach like like a portrait, you know, like when you're going to photograph somebody, obviously sometimes like you don't get a lot of time. Um, but like if you do, like do you kind of – are you just like talking to these guys for a while before you even pick up the camera or do you kind of go in – to start shooting from the get-go or what's kind of your workflow, I guess, in terms of like that project, I guess. With that one in particular, I took my time because I knew that I was going to be going, I had the luxury of, um, sorry, that's my dog. No uh, I, had the, I had the luxury of going back in. Um, and that's a weird thing to say, but I, I had the opportunity to go back in multiple yeah. times. So my first go around 
I wasn't as concerned about necessarily getting the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to build a relationship with these guys and um, see how they work, see how they operate. Um, but, you know, on day one, we were still getting shots that I believe are in that entire uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, yeah. slow and steady with that. Celebrity work, you don't have that luxury. Yeah, Celebrity yeah. work, you just, you, you hit the ground running. Yeah, you just gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta attack. <laughs> you get what you can get. Yeah, um, exactly. I guess to go back a little bit, I was just kind of curious, like, where you grew up and, like, how you kind of got into photography initially. Um. I was actually, I was born in Iran. Um, so I was born in Tehran and my, I was thinking about, you know, I, 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 I love, it's not so much pride in the sense of like, we're better. I don't believe that any human being from any country is better than whatever. We're number one. I don't buy into any of that. Yeah. Um, but I, in terms of representation, I am always proud to say that I'm an Iranian. Mm. Um, to, I don't know. So, yeah, I was born there, but lucky to have parents that decided to move to Texas, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but that afforded me a lot of other opportunities in life that, you know, if they stayed in Iran, I would not have now. But, you know, growing up in Texas, went to study at University of Texas in Austin, um, and uh, studied film down there with an emphasis on documentary. Yeah. Moved out to L.A., I think about, we're coming up on eight years now, straight out of graduation. Mm. Um, Moved out to L.A., started working as a PA in the film world, not quite certain what I wanted to do. Mm. One day would be director, one day you want to be a cinematographer, and then you realize the hours are insane, and if you want to have a family, it's difficult. (laughs) Um, But I met a photographer um, on a shoot about five years ago. And I was just curious about it. And he asked me if I know how to light. And I told him, I have no idea, but if you teach me, I'd like to work for you for free. And he took me into Milk Studios, which I I owe a lot to them as well. And I started working as an intern for them in their equipment house. Hmm. Started PAing on photo shoots and then uh, eventually photo assisting. And I've been strictly shooting for the past three years oh, that's amazing man this is a, it's a real journey um when you when you first picked up a camera like what kind of stuff were you photographing obviously looking at your site now a lot of it's like you said like um editorial portraiture and various things but like what was kind of the initial spark for you what kind of stuff were you photographing when you first kind of got into it um my initial like it started off with documentary stuff yeah. That was what I was interested in, but I kind of fell into the music world, not shooting live music, but I had, like I had a friend who worked with the far side, um, and I'm into hip hop myself, but I mean, I'm interested in music in general, yeah. not just a hip hop head, but he asked me if I could come shoot backstage and we went in and took a few photos of them and that led to like a BET thing where my friend had me bring my camera and shoot some of the artists in her um, green room spaces that she designed, which led to taking a meeting with OK Player, which is uh, Questlove's uh, music blog. Um, And those are such lovely people out there. Um, So they brought me in and they would bring me out to shoot portraits in Philly um, at the Roots Picnic. So I would shoot them in a way that didn't look like a uh, photo booth, but it looked like you actually had like a, a portrait session with each artist. And that really helped kind of boost the career and get a little bit of um, eyes on other things. Mm-hmm. And eventually let the, I think Ronnie, Ronnie Weil at um, uh, Wall Street Journal uh, gave me a big break with a portrait and then she kept hiring me and that led to more and more. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, because I think that's one of the things like younger photographers struggle with, like you might be assisting or working another job. Like, how do you how do, how is your kind of transition from like, like you said, you're kind of assisting and you're working at milk and like, how do you kind of make that jump to where you could actually this shoot full time? Like you say, you've been doing it for like, a, for a while, a little three, four years now. Uh, did it kind of was it like a gradual transition? Or was it one job that's kind of gave you a bump? Or how did you kind of make that transition? 
no, you know, I don't think that there is one job. Like, I think I was listening to one of your interviews, and I, I believe it was Dan that said that there's not, mm-hmm. you don't have the one that gives, that like makes your career. Like, you get that one shoot, and it feels great, and then you're like, oh, shit, I have to... I have to keep hustling and hunt for the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, what I was starting to realize was that there is no real, there's a certain amount of paying your dues, but our kind of career is not the kind where you work X amount of time, you get promoted to the next thing, then you get promoted to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You could be photo assisting for, I, I know guys that, um, that's, I mean, that's, all they want to do and they are the most amazing people in the business and I love having them on. And then I meet other guys who want to make the transition, um, but are having a little bit more difficulty because it's, you know, it's kind of hard to say no to that money. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I was doing was I would photo assist freelance for different photographers, like pretty lucky four to six, um, some, most times like four days a week on average, but on, days off I was shooting like it didn't matter how tired I was I would invite people that I knew over to my place and flip over my bed and just use natural light to take portraits (laughs) oh yeah that's amazing and like when did like you said you're kind of doing like some documentary stuff to start but when did the kind of portraiture kind of um, start to be the focus of your work? Like, what do you think kind of draws you to portraiture? What do you enjoy about it most, do you think? I think one of the beauties of being a freelance photo assistant to start, I mean, this is how I did it, was I would work with fashion guys. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I worked with lots of Francesco Terrazzini, who does fashion and portraiture. Um, and then I, the freelance photo assistant, Peter Lindbergh. Wow. That, um, was, that guy's a legend. That must've been a pretty amazing experience. Dude, that was a bucket list job for me. Yeah. Like one of, one of my good friends, uh, Mark at milk mm-hmm. called me. I was like, Hey, Cheyenne, do you mind driving this truck out and being a third assistant for Peter Lindbergh? I was like, hell yeah, man. I'm 100% <laughs> down to do that. Yeah. Um, but you go out there and you encounter these people and you learn different things from every photographer and I would learn some of them. You learn how to light. Some of them, you learn how you're directing subjects. Others, you see how they're interacting with clients. So you're essentially a sponge. If if you want it badly enough and you want to learn, the only way to do it is to observe, um, unless you have a mentor that's going to be telling you a lot more, but, um, you learn all these things from these people, including from the bad ones. Like you learn what not to do or, uh, not how learn how to not treat people like mm-hmm. Peter, for example, was one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Yeah. And, um, for me, after having worked with some photographers that I, you know, don't particularly enjoy as people, yeah. um, they create good work, but they're not, they're not kind at all. Yeah. Um, I was like, I never want to make anybody feel the way those people made me feel on set. Um, I want to make people feel the way Peter made me feel like he came up to me at the end of the shoot and I'm the third assistant holding up a flag over his head. We're shooting a Prada job in Palmdale. Um, just keeping the sun off of him. Mm -hmm. End of the shoot. He comes up to me and he says in his German accent, like Cheyenne, I, I want to apologize for not speaking to you very much today. Oh, wow. And I'm like, the fact that you even knew my name in this moment, (laughs) it's just like, that's the kind of thing I constantly remind myself in terms of how people should be treated on set. Everybody is there to help Mm -hmm. each other create this thing. It's not as if the one photographer is executing everything on their own. And I feel like a lot of people lost sight of that, but I think that's changing yeah yeah um, for, for sure everyone, everyone's got mentality their mentality is changing yeah everyone yeah. everyone's got their role because like as you know when you get in these bigger productions having a good producer and having like a good first assistant that's got your back they're just as in my mind they're just as important as the photographer because without each piece of the puzzle it's just going to be a shit show <laughs> you dude know? right down to my interns man like every single person matters and if anybody tells you differently fuck them yeah for sure man um, and like, as you know, like being a freelance photographer, there's like a lot of ups and downs. Like you said, like you don't know what's going to come your way. 
Um, did it kind of take you a while to get used to that feeling of like, uh, you don't know what's coming next, like this, because like, there's a lot of uncertainty, like you could be busy one month, how do you kind of deal with those like, ups and downs of like a freelance career? Or is it just constant anxiety? Or are you just comfortable with it at this point? Um, I would say, I, you know, I, I think we all get as comfortable as we can get with mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are moments where you're like, hmm, I wonder what's next. But it's, it's right now it's, I mean, I got a knock on wood for this one, but it's, I'm pretty fortunate in that like the work just is coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that there's going to be a point where that's going to die down, um, or die down significantly as new younger photographers come in. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, they're exciting to work with and people want to work with them and things shift. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, working as a PA in the production world, I remember that, that was the beginning of it, of getting used to being freelance and being uncertain about what's to come, mm -hmm. but you have to, if, if this is what you want to do, um, and speaking personally, I enjoy the game of it, yep. Like I, I like the hunt, the hunts and trying to get my foot in the door with different people and building relationships that are going to last a lifetime. I hope, mm -hmm. um, is a lot of the fun for me. It's not just about the assignment or the shoot itself. I, I really enjoy that element. Mm. Yeah. It's like work, working towards a goal. Like maybe it's a client you want, you had a dream of working with and it's trying to beat down that door. Um, because like, as you know, it's like hard to get in, into any of these magazines, ad agencies, it's hard getting in the front door. Um, did you kind of ever doubt yourself early on? Like, is this going to work or did you kind of always just have that like confidence in yourself that if you kind of kept pushing that it would work? Um, I think there's a little, I mean, the tenacity is definitely in me, um, wanting something badly enough and realizing that I can make that opportunity for myself with the help of others, obviously, like people that give me a chance, people mm -hmm. that, um, allowed, gave me an assignment and took a shot on me. Yeah. Um, but, um, what was I going to say? It's all right. It's kind of it's kind of like a broad question, but like I know, as like a lot of younger photographers, it's like it's easy to get one client, but I think the thing is the struggle is to get consistent work. So I think people early on can be like, oh, you can get that one job, but as long it takes a while to get that consistent work. So I think you can. I know early on in myself, I I had times where I kind of doubted myself, like, oh, is this gonna work or what's gonna happen? It's this, uh, but I think at least for me, I don't know if you'd agree. It just it just takes it's it it's a marathon like they say it's like a it takes a long time and you kind of build these relationships and you kind of you feel like you just keep kind of building on them after job after job. No, one hundred percent. I mean, I look at uh, like I look at some of the relationships that I see between editors and their photographers. Like one that always stands out is uh, Michelle uh, Romero and her relationship with Art Schreiber. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been, they've been working together for, I don't know how long, but there's such a reverence for each other. Um, one, it's like one hand washes the other. Um, and I, I, I look at these relationships uh, cause I'm 29 right now yep. and I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm excited about more than just career. I'm excited about how these relationships grow yeah. and yeah, looking forward to hopefully one day being able to have that conversation with the photo editor that, that gave me a chance when they had started at a magazine and now we're both at a certain level and we're, you know, going to a, a photo festival, hopefully, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I really look forward to that element yeah. of this career. Yeah, because, like, uh, like, what in your mind, what's success mean to you? Like, do you feel like, have you reached success yet in your mind? I mean, looking at your website, like, you've accomplished a lot. Like, you photographed, like, the cover of ESPN, the magazine. You're shooting for the Wall Street Journal. Like, like, what does success in your mind mean to you? Like, like I said, do you feel like you've reached where you want to be at? Or what's your kind of take on it? I know. I think it's just constant growth. I don't think success is ever for what we do, or at least speaking for myself is ever going to be, mm -hmm. hell yeah, we made it. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever going to be that way. Yep. Um, again, it's part of that game. Um, I think success is essentially 
being happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not being complacent, but being content. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that is, that would be my definition of success. Yeah. And ultimately for me is like, I want to be able to, like, I, I love the idea of having a family one day and, um, being able to support my family from my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that is going to play a bigger role, uh, or, or uh, be a bigger part of the idea of success. Yeah. No, no, it's it's interesting, man. Um, and you know, I'm sure like you've listened to this podcast. I kind of ask everybody because I'm always curious. Like, did it, did it take you a while to kind of find your voice as a photographer? Is like style and aesthetic something you spend a lot of time thinking about? Um, what's your kind of take to kind of take you a while to kind of find your voice? You think? Well, I mean, yeah, I, uh, assisting like all those different kinds of photographers, like we would do fashion jobs, like photographers that only shot models um, in clothing or people that did celebrity work, I would test a lot. And I, I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm also interested in fashion. Um, so I do a lot of test shoots with fashion and a lot of test shoots with portraits. And I started to realize quickly that as a people person, as someone who just really, like I'm the kind of guy that loves talking to strangers. Like you go to a city, I don't really care about the, uh, um, hitting the major attractions. I'm more interested in getting to know the city through the people, um, and just interacting with them. So for me, it, uh, I started quickly realize, especially after getting, um, a little bit of criticism from people that, Hey, you're, you're not a fashion guy. Uh, not to say that they like, dissuaded me and it was the negativity of it that got me down but i realized no you're right man like what i really love is portraiture and if that portraiture has to do with fashion then i'm fine with that mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it it took a minute but i eventually realized that human beings are what i like portraits are what i really love um yeah yeah, because, like, it, yeah. it's probably a hard thing to do, but, like, if someone asks you, like, how would you describe your work? Like, w- like what is it you're hoping people will take away from when they, when they look at a photo that you created? Like, how, is there, like, an over- overarching theme that y- you want people to take away when they view your work, you think? I think um, I see myself almost as more of a documentarian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to capture whoever it is, whether it's a politician or a celebrity or an author or whatever, um, I want to take a genuine image of them at that point of their life. Um, what I'd like, like, you know, I, I would love for people to have one day, I mean, I don't have any books out yet, but I would love for people to have my books on their shelves and look through that. And I want it to have a timeless quality. Mm. Um, I don't, I'm not a, I don't consider myself like a hip photographer. I'm yeah. not uh that's not what i'm going for i want i think timeless is what i'm looking for mm. no yeah I pre- it's like yeah your lighting is very it's it's really nice it's not like because as you know there's like a lot of trends like some people will use like gels and there's like all these like crazy visco filters but yeah looking at your work it's really you make it about the person it seems like they, it's it's the like you said it's the people that comes through in the images yeah, that's that's what I really want, and I appreciate that. I mean, it's it's not. I don't want it to. I mean, there's definitely going to be a stamp of my own, uh, my approach to these things, and that's how it should be. Yep. I want my voice to come through, but I, I, it, I think it's a fifty-fifty of what I'm doing, but also what they're doing. I don't want it to ever be like the concept mm. overtakes the individual in the image. Yeah. Um, and like looking at your work, like, like you said, you, you do like a good amount of celebrity work. Obviously it's not all you shoot. Um, was like shooting celebrities, was like that always a goal that you wanted to do or did that just kind of happen organically being that you shoot portraits or like, how did that kind of all come together for you? That happened organically. Um, because yeah, it happened organically just because the friends that I knew that gave me a shot or asked me if I could come in and shoot something were affiliated with musicians that are fairly well known. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that just led to all this other stuff, but I still, you know, I get hired to go out and shoot. Uh, we did this one job for LA magazine where, um, Steve bank sent me out to photograph a woman who the story was about conjugal visits. 
mm-hmm. um, to go see her husband who's in prison. Yeah. Um, so we go out and we do assignments like that. And I'm just as excited to do that. You know, like for me, it's not about the celebrity. It's I'm, I'm excited about those stories. Yeah, for sure. And do you find, is there like any different challenges with photographing a celebrity versus this, like a, like a second, like a person that's not as well known? Is there different challenges for each or what, what do you think? It's honestly, it's just like encountering any human being. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has their own, like some people are just, they come in and they know exactly what their, which side is their side. And like, I, I won't name a name, but there's one subject who came in and was like, this is the only side that you're going to get. Don't wow. even ask me for the other. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I appreciate that. Like, you know what it is that works for you. And then sure enough, I went and looked at images of her and I was like, yeah, that's always that side. <laughs> like when, when they, um, when they say that to you, does it like, like what's your reaction? Is it this kind of like stress or is it just like, this is what I got to deal with and this makes something happen. Like what's the mood? Cause it seems like, Someone said that to me, I'd be like, and it, it, the, the way you said it, it'd be like, they, they, basically, they don't even want to be here. Or like, how do you kind of deal with those tough situations, I guess? I, you know, I, what is it? Okay, so one of my favorite quotes, Bruce Lee said this in an interview. He <laughs> said, um, he said, be like water. Yep. Uh, when water, and you put it into a cup, it takes the shape of that cup. When you pull it into a palm of the hand, it takes the shape of the palm of the hand. Uh, it's, pretty much the same uh for me like when somebody comes in and says that i'm not taking offense to it because this person doesn't know me this person doesn't isn't coming in there and mm-hmm. trying to be antagonistic towards me it's just they know what works for them yep. and i am going to respect that uh even if it might have a little bit of challenges in terms of or limitations in how i'm going to shoot them mm. yeah no it's interesting and like being a portrait photographer, like you come in contact with like so many different types of people, like you say, like, what do you think you kind of learned about people in general, or maybe yourself, this kind of like, uh, interacting with so many different types of people, because as you know, as a photographer, I think that's just kind of the interesting thing about what we do, you know? Um, I think, <sighs> um, I'm giving you the tough one, Cheyenne. <laughs> No, I like this. I think, uh, honestly, man, uh, that life's too short. Yep. And I want to be able to have as pleasant of an interaction with as many human beings on this earth as possible. Yep. And if you can, if you can leave having effect, because that's one of the beautiful things about photography is how often we shoot people who even aren't used to being photographed and how they see themselves or even celebrities will sometimes will, will see themselves and it's, it's super flattering to me because it feels like, okay, we did our job right. Yeah. But when they get excited about the image, um, when they see themselves in a way that they hadn't seen themselves before, um, that's, I, I, you know, I would, I want to be able to leave an impression, yeah. a human impression. I'm not even talking about necessarily the, uh, my my career goals i just want to be able to walk away and have had a pleasant interaction with another human being and have even if it was for um 10 minutes of shooting them in a studio that they were having a good time or they enjoyed themselves and they enjoyed our shared humanity yeah um that's that's what i want yeah it's really i man i love it too it's like as a photographer like like you really just get sometimes if you get some time with somebody you get to see how people like operate they might be at their job might be at their home and like i don't know about you but i i learned like so much this seeing like because it could be like a chef one day it could be like a scientist the next day and at least for me you feel like you kind of learn a lot from your subjects sometimes yeah well you're getting you're, you're they're opening up a part of the world that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. They're giving you a view of their life, and that is such an amazing thing, man. Yeah. Uh, just like you mentioned, like when you when you go shoot a chef, you go to their kitchen. We did this other job where we photographed the chef who does like fried chicken in um, South uh, in South Central. Okay. Um, and uh, he's excited about what he's doing, but he's showing you that he's giving you a glimpse of his life. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a, what a privilege. Definitely. 
Um, to be in that position, to, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like when you get a call to shoot somebody, like you just recently photographed uh, David Crosby for the Wall Street Journal. Um, you just posted it on Man, your Instagram. Definitely. Yeah, um, like when you get a call for a shoot like that, like how do you prepare for a shoot like that? Are you like the type of photographer? Do you do a lot of research? Do you Do you kind of have like a shot list in mind before you get there of like how you want them to pose? Like how do you generally prepare for like shoots like that, I guess? Well, first of all, I want to uh, send a lot of love to Ronnie. Um, she's the one that gave me that assignment um, for Wall Street Journal. She was the one that called me and she took a chance on me. I was like, hey, um, Cheyenne, I saw your work. A friend showed it to me. Uh, would you be interested in shooting Wolfgang Puck? This was like the beginning of my career. That was one of the things that helped Damn. me take off. Wow. Um, but when it came to Crosby in particular, his music has actually gotten me through quite a bit. Mm. Um, so going into it, I, it's not as if I did any additional research for him in particular, cause I knew a decent amount about him, mm-hmm. but in terms of what kind of shot I wanted or what I wanted out of it, honestly, just timeless. I wanted it cause he's in the, in the article itself, he's talking about how he's going to pass. Um, I mean, I hate to say, but any day now, you know, like he doesn't know how much time he has, but he knows that there's not, he doesn't have that much time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's about, you know, capturing that moment where he, you, you can, and, and, I, and I might be just like uh, adding this meaning to it myself. But when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, this is a man who very well knows that he is, is, uh, his clock is running out. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be there and have that reverence for him um, and to kind of go at his speed and not at request ridiculous things out of him, because you're sure as fuck not going to get it out of him. He'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. Um, but um, we just went there. I, I knew that we were going to do a portrait setup in a, in a studio setup, the four foot seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we just walked around his house and uh, his property and got some shots that, in that moment with him, it seemed like being out in nature just felt right. Mm-hmm. So that one shot that ran was actually him standing next to um, where he kept his horses, and that's just the sky in the background. Okay. All natural light. Yeah, no, it came out great. Like, like I'm always curious, like, uh, like, do you walk away from, like, every shoot, like, satisfied with what you created, or is there ever, do you ever walk away sometimes, like, like doubting yourself, like I should have tried this, or oh, obviously you're a really talented photographer, but even at this point in your career, do you ever kind of second guess yourself after shoots sometimes? Um, there are certain shoots that have walked away. Not. There's definitely sometimes where you walk away and you're like, wow, that one felt like it was like either we were both having an off day mm-hmm. and it was like pulling teeth. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are moments where it's like, you know, I wish I could have, I wish I had tried this out as well. Or I had, cause there are times, especially with, with celebrity where at least when I first started getting into that, like people would tell me like PR, like you have five minutes yep. and in that five minutes, I'm, okay, cool. Like you're kind of like rushing yourself. Yeah. And I've learned since like, don't like, you'll get that shot. Mm. Um, if 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 you need to sit down there and take more of a minute having a, a connection with the person, do that. Um, but yeah, there's this. I think there's this. There, there's just like a lot of things out of your control as a photographer. Like at least in my experience, like you can go in with a plan, but you never know what's going to happen. So like, it's this. There's just a lot of moving factors, especially like the work you do. Like you said, there's like PR. Like when do you know when to like push back? Like do you ever have to like kind of talk to these PR people to get what you need? Is there a dialogue or do you just kind of have to listen to what they say or what's your approach when you have to handle those situations? Man, I always push back with kindness yeah. <laughs> um, because I mean, that's what PR is there to do. Like their whole purpose is to basically make sure that the celebrity is happy and then on time so they kind of tend, you know, there are moments of like overcompensation for that. And I totally get it. So I respect what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the reason why these celebrities are as successful as they are. Yeah. 
But um, at the same time, like, you know, we, we were doing this one shoot, um, and the subject's PR kept saying, okay, well, you guys only have 10 more minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, okay. You know, you just kind of, yeah. I'm not saying you brush them off. You're not brushing them off, but you, instead of meeting them with resistance, you just say, okay, cool. No, we're going to get it. We're going to get you guys out right on time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to keep coming up to you, and they're going to keep saying that. But then, sure enough, like, let's say the celebrity, as long as they're not under a schedule restraint, they're going to be like, hey, we're enjoying this enough. This is fine. Like, I have a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. No, it's interesting. And like you mentioned, we talked about a little bit earlier, like you're down in Texas. You got to spend some time with Cory Booker. Um, what was your experience photographing him? Like, is the politics stuff, have you photographed a lot of politicians? What was kind of your overall experience kind of working with him? Because, as you know, we got a big election coming up next year. Um, what was kind of your you overall? The shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, man, uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, what, what was kind of your overall takeaway working with him? I guess. Uh, that was the second time I worked with him. Um, the first time was for the cover of Ebony. I shot um, him uh, with Kamala, who's also running. Oh yeah. Um, so it was the first. It was the second time I worked with him. It was funny is that we were at a law firm. Uh, or a law office in El Paso, and he was he was in there and he was speaking to some other people and they saw me and he he was like, uh, excuse me, uh, he interrupted the conversation. I gotta go say hi to my bald brother over there. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I, I I mean I really like him. He's a lovely human being. Um, I'm not endorsing anybody. I don't uh, <laughs> man. I still have no idea which yeah. way to go. Yeah. Um, I wish. Yeah, but I mean, working with politicians, like we've done that, we've done Kamala, um, Beto was one of the, back when Beto was running for um, Senate in Texas against uh, that, you know, Ted Cruz. Yep. Um, That one was one that I really, like we made that one happen because I just wanted to shoot his portrait. Like I I loved what he stood for there. Yeah. I really really dislike Ted Cruz. Like that's as nice as I'm going to put it. Um, and I remember reaching out to various people through Facebook. I was like, I know somebody has some sort of in with him. Mm-hmm. And I used actually my Cory Booker and Kamala. And I think we had done like uh, Congressman Schiff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm going to utilize these to try to find a way in. And um, we found one of his, uh, one of the people that works on his campaign and, I planned a family trip because my family lives in uh, the North Dallas area. So I, I, I flew down to see my family around his, um, his, uh, not a tour, his campaign mm-hmm. and was able to just, uh, it's on my website, but was able to get a, a shot of him that looks more like a, you know, like we're just trying to get whatever we can get. But I had like two minutes with him as he was waiting to go on stage to talk. Oh yeah. And that's where we got that. Oh yeah. I'm looking at that happened. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And with the political thing, I've I've talked to a few photographers about this. Like, how do you handle, like, would you ever like not photograph someone because you disagree with their beliefs? Like as a photographer, like, is it, like, is it your job to put your your politics in your photography? I guess how do you kind of handle those situations? That like, if you uh, got offered to photograph someone that you maybe not disagree with, how would you how do you handle those situations? Um, well, we're we're at a strange time right now because it's not just about disagreements. Like, I I I mean, I'm not that I haven't been around that long, but. Uh, yeah. Like I remember having arguments with my, like growing up in Texas, especially I would have arguments with my Republican friends and we're still friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a toxic argument. We definitely disagreed, but now it's a point where I feel like you kind of have to take sides. And I kind of hate to say that, but yeah. there's not as much room for being like, okay, we agree to disagree yeah. because one side is pretty fucking racist, yeah. bigoted, um, anti-women, anti-minority, um, in, in terms of wealth imbalance, is just this greed on, I mean, there's, there's definitely messed up things on both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that, but yeah, I think if, if somebody, I think about this all the time because 
like you know that portrait that Nadav did of um, Trump, yep. the person of the year. Yeah, I think about that image a lot, and I think someone like him was the right person to do it because when you look at that photo, he is not. I mean, unfortunately, the way Trump's mind seems to operate is like, well, I got a cover of Time and I'm person of the year, so this is amazing. I'm great. But the truth of it is, when you look at that photo, you're looking, and I'm not religious either, but I'm, you're looking at the photo of a, like a demon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's how he captured him. Like, he captured someone who looks very nefarious. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, uh, what's his name? He's, oh, Arnold Newman oh, yeah. um, is one of my favorite. Like, I, I just pour over his work all the time. And I think he is just the master. Yeah. But Newman um, did a portrait of a man in Germany. I think what's his name? Krupp. Oh, yeah. Man. And he shot yeah. him in a yeah. yeah, he shot him in a way that made him, and this was back before, like, Krupp could hop up and look at your capture one to yeah. make sure that, you know. But he, gen- he showed the world what he thought of that man. Mm-hmm. And in a situation like that, I'm like, you know what? I, I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. Like, first of all, if somebody called me and said, Shut, nobody's going to call me because I'm pretty open about how I feel. Yep. Nobody is going to call me to be like, saying, do you want to go to the White House to photograph Trump? Mm-hmm. And if anybody did, they didn't do their research, and I would feel obligated to tell them because then they're going to look at my work on his side and be like, yeah, we don't want this guy coming in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I have a lot of reverence for a lot of people around the world, and there are a lot of people on my bucket list that I want to photograph. Not, and it has nothing to do with celebrity, but it's what you've done for humanity mm-hmm. um, and what you continue to do for humanity. I want to spend some time with you. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it's always tough, like, because, like, it, photos have power, man. Like, if you, you think about, like, this the way media is now. Like, everything's on Instagram. People are looking at so many visuals. So it's, like, especially you, like, you're photographing these big people. So it does, your your photographs, it's not just a, a dust in the wind. It's, like, they they mean something. So it's, it's cool to hear you, man. You kind of have, like, like strong principles about what you're going to do. I, I really appreciate that when people... They're not just throwing stuff out there, you know. There's, there's, there's a point to what they're shooting, you know. No, I appreciate you, man. Because you, you took a portrait of, um, I took Spicer, right? Yeah, it was like weird, man. Like I still feel weird about it because it's like with this client that I shoot with like every month, and it was like they asked me to do it. I ended up doing it, and it was just like I don't have it on my website or anything. But it was just I don't know. It's like it's one of those tough spots. Like it's a job. I don't know. Like. It's like hard to turn down. Yeah. No, but I I don't I don't think that it's wrong uh, to have done that. Um, But how was that on your part? Like, how did that feel? I'm I'm very curious because I I, I've I've encountered friends who photograph like one of my dear friends, Brad Trent, who is an amazing photographer. Should look him up. Yeah. Um, Brad has photographed Trump multiple times in the past, back when he was just still a loudmouth piece of shit mm-hmm. but um uh he photographed him then um and it, yeah but how was that for you i guess like so the editor i love working with her i've worked with her for like six years and we work all the time like every month and uh they hit me up for the job and like as you know as a photographer like i, I need every job i need i get to pay my bills so it was just like do 100%. So it was just a situation where, like, yeah, like, I don't agree with that guy. I think he's pretty much, like, a shithead. Like, uh, but I just approached it. Like, I didn't have an attitude about it. I just treated that guy with respect and shot him. Like, I just set up a seamless, uh, photographed him. Like, only took, like, five minutes. And I just treated him like how I treat anyone else. And, I mean, he was nice to me when I dealt with him. And that was that. Like, I was just pretty. I just kind of photographed him how I would anybody else. Like, I, did, I wasn't, I don't know. It was it was only it was the first time I like, ever had that situation. I never really photographed like any people that <laughs> that worked in politics. I don't know. Is this? I don't know. As you know, man, like every shoot you learn from it, and I don't know. Maybe next time something like that comes around, maybe I'd approach it differently. But yeah, it's something I think about, and it, yeah, it's 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 unique, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Man. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's curious to see who else we'll encounter in this career. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure, man. You never know what's gonna come your way, man. Um, and, and you know, I was interested in talking to you about like 
Um, I'm always curious, like, I know you have a, a, a an agent or a rep that represents your work. Um, is that something you feel like is important as a, if you want to work commercially to have a rep? Like, what's your take on it? Like, what do they kind of bring to the table for you, you think? You know what's funny is I actually get a lot of DMs uh, from photographers who ask about that. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, I think getting an agent, cause I mean, I have one now, but I think once you start getting ad jobs coming in, because uh, editorial stuff, I'm pretty comfortable navigating that world. Yeah. Um, it's the ad world that those numbers are pretty intimidating. I won't lie. Because, oh, yeah. Like, somebody reaches out to you, and they're like, hey, we're interested in your work. Um, and what's funny is half the time they're like email through my site and be like, hi, we'd love to know if Cheyenne is available. I'm like, yeah. and then I, email, I back, back then I would email back. Hi, yes, this is Cheyenne. <laughs> I am available and I'd love to. Um, but, but they, you know, they, they ask you for a bid and you're just sitting there and you're thinking, okay, well, we just did this one assignment for a magazine for a thousand dollars all in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and this guy's asking me for like an MGM grand, uh, multi-use, like billboards, print, whatever. And they're asking me for a bid. Mm-hmm. And initially you're thinking, well, maybe like 10 grand would be fine. And then you realize, Oh shit, I, I quoted 10 grand. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like early on. And then, not realizing, oh yeah, these guys are like, this is a six-figure job. Yeah, and it's like line item even, after line even, item. Yeah, Dude, but not only that, is like a lot of times some of these clients will be like, they want to spend that extra money mm-hmm. because in their, you know, in their minds, you get what you pay for. Yeah, because it's a big, I mean, that's, big that's campaign. They're spe- yeah, it's like a big campaign they're spending a lot of time on and they, they, they want to spend the money. So they want, it's all like, I don't know, they they, they want the professional because uh, I know I've, I've interviewed some art producers and I've talked to plenty of them and I, they've straight up told me they're like yeah we we, we want to work with people that have reps because there's like a I don't know like there's this like an image maybe there's like a because they want a middle person there's like a do you, Dude, we want middle people too. yeah yeah 100% there's this it's, an, it's another layer of like professionalism and this helping the process I guess I think I mean, not only that, like, uh, my agents at Angela DeBona, uh, like Sasha, Louisa, mm-hmm. they, um, basically they, they made me, um, a, a good amount more off of a job, um, based on the whole line item thing. It's like, Oh wait, so now you want to add this kind of usage. Cool. It's going to be this much more. Yeah. Um, and for how, what, for what period of time. But ultimately, I think it helps us as photographers because, A, we're not really having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And someone else has, because if I were out there and I was telling them, like, hey, I need X amount of money, the client might all of a sudden, there's like a good guy, bad guy situation all of a sudden. Yep. Like, okay, we like your work, but we don't have that kind of money. And so now we're going to go look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas with my agents, like, they, they are ready to maneuver in those negotiations, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then they'll come back to me and be like, well, you know, this is what they have. And, um, what do you think? And then I, I give my viewpoint on it too. It's like, well, no, that sounds like, that sounds something that I'd really like to do. Um, but it's, you know, it's, I I would say that at this point in my career, it's definitely beneficial Mm -hmm. because as somebody who, um, want you know i want uh, like i would love to adopt kids one day and then like that alone is expensive and um to buy a home and live in la is very expensive and to support those children and mm-hmm. um my partner it would like i you know i uh, hope that in this career um we've done a couple ad jobs but i'm uh, hoping for more because that's ultimately how you're going to pay for their schooling and their, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah, I think this goes back like we were saying before. Like, you, you can't do everything yourself, and, like, everyone has their role, and I think if you want to grow, it's just, like, a steady thing, and everyone kind of helps you out, and it's just, like, kind of a growing process as a photographer. Like, you're at the point where you need it. Not everyone needs it because they're not there yet, but, yeah, it's just a 
interesting relationship, but it's kind of interesting to hear your take on it. Um, and you know, I'll, a couple more questions. I'll let you go. I, I, I noticed you, okay. you, you photographed, uh, Kevin Durant and I believe like some of his like business partners for ESPN, the magazine, yeah. it was a cover. Um, Dude, I love Kevin. Yeah. Cool. I guess like two part question, like, uh, obviously like how was your experience working with him? Obviously ESPN, amazing magazine. Um, they're not going to be printing anymore. They're still doing digital. Um, what's your such kind a of, bummer, man? Yeah, such a bummer. I love that magazine. Um, but I'm still. I I know that ESPN's still going to produce great photography because they. I know they do great stuff with their web. But I guess what was your experience, and then what's your kind of take on editorial photography moving forward? I guess. Um, my experience with that shoot in particular is yeah. what you're asking. Yeah, yeah, and then I guess uh, editorial as a whole. The one thing that I do try to come into with each shoot is a, a mutual, because like we as human beings, we have a, everybody's got some, there's definitely some common ground. Mm -hmm. And Kevin and I uh, both went to UT. Okay, wow. <laughs> so so I, I kind of brought that up early on. Um, and I went in wearing his shoes, uh, which, you know, at first, because I just shopped um, some stuff for Nike in Portland, and we went to the Nike store and they had like, you get, I think like 60% off of equipment. So I was just like, and it's all tax free because it's in Oregon and or Portland. And so I just bought like two pairs of his shoes and I was like, well, I'm going to be photographing him next week. So <laughs> this might be a gamble. It might be cheesy as hell, but whatever. <laughs> um, but I remember I went in and he, we met each other and he looked at my feet and he was like, nice shoes, man. <laughs> um, so we connected pretty quickly. Um, they were all, Oh, and the other thing that I, man, I love doing is I love creating a new playlist for every shoot. Oh, wow. Like that's... based off of what I've read about subjects. Like uh, I know that he's a hip hop head. So like we, um, my roommate, uh, Carlos is a massive hip hop head. Uh, so I actually picked his brain on it a little bit. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we went in and they, that was the one thing that they loved immediately. Like, they're like, this music is great, man. Like, yeah, who made this playlist? Um, <laughs> Attention to um, detail, man. I like it. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of thing has such an effect. It's like when you hop into somebody's car and they play shitty music and the whole ride, you're like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. As yeah. Fast as possible. You're setting the mood. Um, yeah, but man, that whole ESPN team, they're such lovely people. Oh yeah. They're awesome. Um, yeah, and you shoot for them too. Uh, yeah, I have. I've done some work for them, and I, I I interviewed Karen Frank a while back, and like everyone over there, Sean Hits and uh, all the photo editors over there, they've been there for a while, and they I'm, they do amazing work, you know. Yeah, man, they're lovely people. Um, but that's uh, that, sorry. There was a second part to that question that yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, because we heard like ESPNs, they're not printing anymore. I was just kind of interested to kind of hear your take on like where do you kind of see editorial photography going forward? Like in 10 years, will be magazines still be around? Like, what do you think is going to happen? I guess no one really knows, but I'm always just curious to hear people's opinion. What's funny is like, my, like I, I'm not sure I would be the right person to ask given how like short of a period of time I've been in this business. Um, but I, I speak with my friends who are veterans and they're, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, they're not as, they're not very happy about it. Um, and I'm the fear of it because I haven't been able to see the shift. Mm -hmm. Like I keep hearing these stories about magazines being like, Oh yeah, we got X person being photographed in this city. We're just going to fly out you and your entire team. Yeah. Um, man, that, that does not happen. No. Uh, like I, 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 came, I came into this business with that already not happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I expect it to get worse. Yep. Um, but I, but there's, whether it's digital or print, our work is always going to be essential hmm. until uh, <laughs> that becomes automated too and they just kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah. robots take over everything. Hopefully, um, hopefully not. Like, I, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> another thing, I don't know if you've been noticing it, but I've happened, have it happened to me twice in the last two months for like uh, decent-sized magazines. Now they want you to shoot like video so that they can use it for like web and like whatever social and they just kind of ask for it. There's usually not like a huge budget. Does that ever happen to you on any of your shoots? I, I've, it's happened to me a few times now. 
it seems more and more they want Actually, video. That's pretty cool that that has happened to yep. you. I would like that to happen to me. <laughs> um, because like I come from a video background yep. and now I'm trying to get back into it. I'm trying to get back into directing, mm-hmm. but kind of in the vein of how I shoot portraits. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, no, mm. that has not happened to me. In fact, I've actually lost, um, I remember losing an ad job before I had an agent, yeah. um, because they wanted the photographer to also be the director. And I think they were trying to basically get it for like, uh, like, uh, one and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're paying yep. not two people, two separate rates, but we're basically 1.5. Yep. Um, and I lost that because I didn't have a reel ready to go. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm trying to, I'm actively pursuing that. And especially doing like more celebrity stuff. I want to, I'm, I'm trying to speak with some magazines about like, Hey, okay, well, if we're going to shoot this and if we have the luxury of the time and the PR is allowing it and whatnot, um, is there any way that we could roll, um, some video on this as well? Yeah. So I'm trying to get into that a little bit more. And like, if, if somebody were to reach out to me and ask me for that, I would happily say yes. Yeah. Um, what, how do you feel about it, though? I mean, I, I like doing it. It's just sometimes I feel like like I'm doing it tomorrow. I'm doing a shoot for Bloomberg Business Week, and we're going out and sh- we're shooting mm-hmm. something out here. And like I'm doing stills is like the main component, but then they want us to shoot video, so I'm going to be doing both. Like I hired like a videographer or DP who's going to help me out with it. It's just hard like juggling both, you know. Like sometimes, obviously on the ad sure. stuff, there's more of a budget, and you always want to do a good job. But this, I, I don't want like the stills to lose. Uh, the effect. Like I, I want to be able to spend enough time in the stills and do both. So it's just, I think it's just a learning thing. Just like learning how to juggle both at the same time. It's sometimes it can be tough if there's not a huge budget, but you just have to kind of figure it out, you know? For sure. Yeah. Um, I think also with that is uh, not sacrificing one for the other, yeah. like actively thinking about, like, I'm, I'm sure you're going to kick ass on this, mm-hmm. um, but actually thinking about, like, okay, these are both priorities. 100%. Um, and yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, you put your name on both of them. Yeah. And the last thing I would personally ever want is to put my name on something that looks like garbage. Yeah. Um, or something that you clearly could tell that I was out of my element. Mm-hmm. And I think one way to get around that is like, okay, well, maybe we're not, if you have the luxury of it, maybe we're not going to make any money on this because Mm -hmm. I just spent an additional however much to get the right camera operator or to get the right equipment for that. And, but at the end of the day, it's like an investment in yourself or in myself and and saying that, look, okay. Yeah. No, that's literally what I'm doing. I'm spending, I'm still making money, but I'm spending a little bit more money to get the right equipment. And I hired like another guy and, uh, yeah, it's just I think for these things because I haven't done a ton of them. I've done doing more and more. It becomes it comes down to more time management and really like having a plan in place so that you have everything kind of scheduled more. So because you're doing both at the same time, at least that's how I'm approaching it. Because like to still shoot, I I can knock that out. I I don't feel nervous at all. I know what I'm doing. But with this, it's really this kind of like having a, a, a straight plan of like how you're gonna execute it. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Again, I think that all comes down to surrounding yourself with the right people. 100%. Just like we talked about, every, everybody's got their role to play, and at the end of the day, it's like, you've got the hat to wear, and you're going to have to kind of, uh, you're going to put on two hats for this one, but you, yeah. uh, I think you did the right thing and brought on another guy that can help take a little bit of that burden off of you. Yeah, definitely. It's it's interesting. It's a changing uh, world, but you just got to roll with the punches and uh, get new skills and keep building on it and keep building on it. But anyways, man, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on here. And also, I got to thank yeah, you. I like, you. I never even met you or talked to you, and you, you kind of like you su- you supported the podcast by sharing it on Instagram with I never asked or nothing, so I can't thank you enough for doing that. And I guess um, I guess my last question is just like, uh, what, what's next, man? What's, what's, on, uh, what's the goals for Cheyenne moving forward, man? Well, first of all, thank you for doing this. Like when I say that your podcast is a gem, I truly mean it. <laughs> uh, I love this business we're in, man. Yeah. And then to hear uh, our peers talk about it, 
uh, not only like share their experiences, but their knowledge is so valuable. And to have a, a gracious host like you is wonderful. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Um, but for what I'm doing now, um, so, I mean, I, I, I photograph these animal portraits a lot and I try to photograph them in a way that like, I, I, I really don't like, um, those like cutesy animal portraits, yeah. uh, where it's like, Oh yeah, that's a pet or, um, like baby photos or kid photos when it's like, Oh, that's a cute kid. It does nothing for me. Mm. Um, what I am working on right now, it's been an ongoing project is I'm trying to photograph more and more animals. And so far we've got a lot of like dogs, cats and uh, farm animals or like, uh, different sanctuaries that I've worked with out here in LA. Um, but I want my first book to be animal portraits. Um, and we're trying to get more exotic. I kind of hate the word exotic when it comes to species, but we're trying to photograph more animals like that. So we're going to two aviaries that like one has a rescue exotic birds and then one has rescue raptors. Um, we're going to go photograph them, but I want to get like lions. I want to get tigers, bears, (laughs) but in this classic portrait, like the, the style that I shoot in. Yeah. Um, but I shoot them in a way, like when I'm going through my edits, I'm looking for those moments that look like human portraits because I kind of want to get rid of that, that separate, uh, that separation between man and nature in general. Like we're all in it together. Yeah. So hopefully, um, I mean, the clock is ticking, uh, but I'd like to have a decent edit of these by the end of the year, which is going to require a lot of travel on my part. Cool. to just go to these different sanctuaries because I have to be ethically sourced too. Like I don't want to go to places that yeah, are like yeah. abusing these animals or, or zoos or whatnot. Like, I, I can't do that. No, no, man. I, I look forward to it. I, I, I for sure, I, I know you're going to do it, man. I look forward to seeing more of it. And uh, yeah, I guess for people listening, like where's the best place to check out your work? Um, I mean, if you want the most up-to-date, my Instagram, which uh, is uh, Cheyenne Hathaway, but the Hathaway's a joke. Uh, it's Anne Hathaway. Became, <laughs> yeah, it used to be Shania Twain, oh, but okay. now everybody thinks that Hathaway is like my artist name, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect, man. And then your website is uh, Cheyenne. Uh, uh, was it this? It's this your, it's this your name, uh, Cheyenne Ascaria, Scarnia. I butchered your name again. Uh, dot com, right? Don't worry. <laughs> right. Yeah, Cheyenne Ascarnia. Dot com. Uh, perfect. I'll link it. And uh, Cheyenne, uh, thanks so much, man. It was a real pleasure talking to you. The pleasure is all mine. I hope we meet in person one day soon. So there you have it. That was the Cheyenne Escarnia interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I just want to say thank you so much to Cheyenne for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to him about his work and this his approach to the business. Um, this talking to him, you can tell he has a real passion for what he does and is this kind of always, always just posting new stuff on his Instagram and website, this interesting projects he's working on. So definitely go check out uh, Cheyenne's website at CheyenneEscarnia.com as well as his Instagram at Cheyenne Hathaway. I'll link it in the description. Definitely go check that check that out because, he's, like I said, that guy is just always shooting and doing interesting stuff. Uh, so I can't thank him enough. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud and my website, AlexGagneFoto.com, and on my Instagram page, at Alex Gagne Photo. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.